Okay, we left off where the shlichem of Eskiel Amelech asked Rav Shoke to please, if he's going to give drushes, give it in a different language because you're causing the guards on the wall and all the people that can hear you to have Chalishas Adas. Of course, that's why Rav Shoke was screaming and yelling in Dafka Lashon HaKadosh so they can clearly understand he's trying to demoralize them and that they should be convinced to come with him and settle in a different land which he will expound upon now. The attempt, as you mentioned last week, I believe, is to reach out to the Pintal Yid. Perhaps he would, at this point, have some Rachmanus on them. Unfortunately, it's not coming. Let's go back to Malachim Bey's Perik Yitches, Pasek Chav Zayin. Vayemar Aleim Rav Shokeh, Hala Danecha Velecha Shlachani Adeni Ladaber Zadvar What would help switching to Latin? or Aramis or something else, I'm not here to talk to you. Not only am I not here to only talk to you, primarily he feels that the weaker elements of the people will give in first, and if they cave in, they'll rebel, and then he'll get rid of them. He doesn't think he's going to convince Chizkiah very quickly. There's a Kranik Siv over here because of the severity of the expressions He's really trying to demoralize them. So he describes as the Babylonians will later, the Romans after that, try to convince them that the holdout against the siege was futile and they're all going to starve and they're all going to be killed. And in this case, his pitch was surrender peacefully and I'll take you to a land as good, better. We'll discuss that soon. Uh, the Romans at the point where they were completely fed up, uh, we're not even offering safe passage. The expression over here, the guards, es, the Kree, if you look at uh, the, the Kree is so awesome, the Sivis uh, Haram, it's the same thing. They're going to eat uh, their excrement, which means they're going to starve to death, and they're going to be in a matzav where that's going to be the only option, which is obviously not much of an option. Lishtus es meme raglam imochem. You're going to be in the same boat as they will be, and you're all going to starve to death if you don't surrender, because we're not leaving. Interesting that he starts his rejoinder with that, because, as we'll see very soon, they're going to be leaving very quickly. First they're going to leave, then they're going to come back, then they're all going to get killed for a promise of a siege that's going to last till the city falls, they're going to look beyond foolish amidst Hashem. Vayamed Rav Shakeh ve'yikra b'kal gadol Yehudis davka, Yehudis as in the Jewish language. Ve'yidabe v'yamed shimu dvar melech ha'gadol melech ashur. When they used to, in Russia under Stalin, they used to quote him, so it was considered a capital crime to ever quote his name without giving him a long list of uh, titles and compliments. So notice how he's uh, very well paid. For all we know, Rav Shakeh believes this at this point. They tried to reach out to the Pintaliyid, didn't move. As I mentioned last week as well, the only silver lining is that uh, at the very end, when he hears them saying Hallel, he's going to have a small Hazarus 
right now either he's too stuck in his ways to change or he's too scared once he's an employee of the king. It's not even so easy to change. I'm not here to defend him. But he's not changing. And he still refers to the Melech HaGadol, Melech Hashel, and many other compliments as we go along. Kayamar Melech, Kayamar Melech Al-Yasi, Al-Yashi rather, Lachem Chizkiyo, Kilo Yuchal Lahatzel Eschem which means, quoting Sanchev, don't be fooled, don't be deluded into the fact that your king is trying to convince you that you're going to survive and he's going to save you, or that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to save you. Don't listen to it. It's not true. He can't save you. And do not be convinced by the nevuah that seems to be rumored, more than a rumor, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to save you. That's almost the equivalent in English of do me a favor. Do me a favor, do yourself a favor. Surrender. You'll come to a place, you'll relax, you'll set up a new home, you'll have a vineyard, you'll have your figs, you'll have your own well, and you'll live happily ever after. Ad is part of the promise. Ad be'iv l'kachti eschem el eretz ke'artzachem. Notice, doesn't promise a better land. I'll take you to a land that is as good. Eretz dagon v'sirah sheres lechem echramim eretz zeis yitzar devash. Paraphrasing the pasuk, chayu v'loy samusu. Do the smart thing, surrender. You not only won't be tortured and killed, you won't be prisoners. You're going to have safe passage and set up a land somewhere else. Don't listen to this propaganda that Hashem is going to save you. Uh, this fellow is a good speaker. And you can imagine the effect this had on the people on the wall and all the people inside that heard him firsthand and the people that passed on the message. Shevna, as we also began discussing last week, is in the committee to talk to him, to convince him to stop talking. And he's going to be swayed to the other side, as were many tens of thousands of his followers and Chizkiyo has a battle from outside the city, a battle within the city. This is not going to be easy. Hatzel continues with his drosha, quoting Melech Sancheir. Hatzel Hatzilu Elohei Hagoyim Ishes Artsem Yad Melech Asher. He says, Do you think uh, any other people were saved from me? Any of the other gods that promised to save their people? The other gods don't exist, but he doesn't understand that chilek yet. And he goes on to list all the gods that were defeated. He had conquered the known civilized world at this point, and Eretzisol is the last. There's nobody else escaped my clutches. 
Why should Yushalayim be different? The age-old question, why should Yushalayim be different? Well, they're still asking that now. If you take a look back at Rashi, in Chav Zayin, Take a look at Rashi in Lamar Aleph. Asi Brocha, Sheila Shalom, says, Why don't you become my friend? Do me a favor. Have a nice alliance. Lamad Bey's Rashi, Yol Eretz Ka'atzachem, which the Gemara, yes, the obvious Kashin, the Gemara has a machlekes. What kind of fool would promise somebody they're trying to give them an enticement? a deal, an offer that's going to get them excited. When you want to get somebody excited, you don't offer them something that they have already. So he says, come, come with me. I promise you I'm going to give you a land like the land you have now. Why doesn't he offer a better land? So what Madama says, because he couldn't. He knew that they knew, and they knew that he knew that there was nothing better than Israel. And if he can match it, that already would be a chiddish nifla. So Rashi says that this is part, he put this forth as part of his general plan, which he had succeeded on doing until now. I move people around. I can't imagine that when he displaced hundreds of thousands of people, they all survived the long trek to wherever they were going. But whoever got there, he left them alone because he needed a base of revenue. It doesn't help to have a world empire if nobody's paying taxes. So you have to leave some people alive. So he was smart, and he didn't want them rebelling, so he moved them around. And when they settled, wherever they settled, they're not going to start fighting for the homeland, because it wasn't their homeland. And for anybody but Jews, once you settle, once you land there, you have no great taiva to go back. And you're not going to agitate. Only you didn't keep threatening and then uh, capitalizing on the opportunity to go back. Sancheir was very sure nobody else is going to do that, and he was right about everybody else. Uh, he's not going to be right about Klai Yisrael. He says to Shvatim, whether they're coming back, that was due to their assimilation and their avarus. Uh, wasn't due to the inherent uh, Yiddish uh, desire to go back. And he thinks that, uh, I'll take you wherever you want to go, Uganda, wherever that's been tried before. Uh, wherever you want, that will be a nice land, but it's not going to be better. He didn't think he can get away with that because they would see through that lie. So he offers something uh, basically as good, but safe passage, and even though I'm angry and you're resisting, I'll still let it go. Where is this place? That's the Shaila. Where did the Asensus Shvatim go? So Rashi gives you some Mamakemis in Africa on the next Rashi. If that's the way you translate the word, it could be he took some of them and put them in Africa, some of them went uh, to Iraq, some of them went to various places. We don't know exactly where they were because they're lost, so history will be figured out when they come back, if they come back, the amount they come back, as we discussed previously. Let's continue in the Psukim. Pasuk Lamed Vav. 
as he finishes his drasha, nobody answers. They want the strict orders not to answer. For a number of reasons. The main reason, if we're going with this Mahalach, which we are, according to the Mahadamra, that Rav Shake was Yisrael Meshumid, there's a special answer not to debate the Yisrael Meshumid. Especially Ashana Apirish. Rav Shake had uh, been there, and for whatever reason he went off, he's not interested, and uh, the Gemara says, He's going to not give in because of his guilty conscience, and he's going to just keep arguing and arguing. And uh, that's not Kiruv. And they tried once. They said, why don't you speak in Aramis, uh, Latin, something else? Have some Rahmanis. He's not interested. So they wanted the orders not to answer, the guards, and at this point, even the Shlichim. And now they come back to the palace. They show, show up at the palace after racing Korea, which, before they said a word, told Chizkia that the conversation and the negotiations didn't go very well. And then they gave him the longer version. They also gave it to him in print. The reason they write Kriya is because in his drosha, the Farish was Mavarech Hashem. And again, according to this Mandamar, in the person of Mazlan, here is Birch Hashem, which is Kildus Hashem, Loshan Saginar, he has to write Kriya. So when they said it over, Chizkiyo is going to write Kriya also, which is the next Pasuk. Sackcloth is always a sign of mourning. And he comes to Davin in the base of Mitish. And the plan was he's going to go Davin in the base of Mitish, and he sent the committee to Yushayo to get a direct Nevoah to ask him to Davin and to find out what would be. And the request to Yeshayo Anavi, of course, was to Davin and to hear the Dvar Hashem, but the Navu is going to be what the Navu is going to be, but before it's actually said, certainly you could put in another tefillah. So the tefillah to tell over to Yeshayo to Davin. Uh, with, with such a pitch, a feverish pitch, that he let him know that they can't really do it anymore. And if you remember, he said over, Kibo Bonam al Mashbar. Bonam means we're, we're so broken, like a lady's about to give birth, and she's holding the birthing stool, and she's trying to push, and she's trying to have the baby. Having the baby always entails pain, but she needs the Kayach to want to have the baby and to push. We can't even We can't even get to that point, and we need some chizik to be able to get over the hump, which is a part of life, a part of the godless nechesed of giving others chizik, is the fact that even though it might not solve their problem, this is often missed by people. So, well, I can't give them chizik anyway. What am I going to do? I can't solve the problem comes to the door and he has uh, this sir, that sir, I'm going to give him $10, $20, $100, what am I going to do? How's that going to solve the problem? The answer is, first of all, every little bit helps. Even if we can't solve the problem, an integral part of the stalker is being mechazikim. And you'll say, well, I'll be mechazikim. So he'll smile for the next five minutes, for the next five hours. 
What's that going to do? The answer is it'll get him to the next point to be able to want to live out the day and survive the day and push forward. And you keep doing that and you push and you push and you push. This is whether it's a self-therapy in Chizik or being Mechazik others. The godless of Chizik is the fact that if you get over that hump, whatever that time is, like Baruch Baruch has his man, there's a time when the Nisayan's over. And if you are one of the people, one of the catalysts to get them to that point, that's a tremendous chus. And that's the point of the chizik. Kayach and Leda was Chizkei Amal reaching out to Yeshayo. He said, I'd like to be able to know if we can what's going to happen, but we also need chizik to be able to even get there. Because as we just described, Chizkei is the besieged from the outside and even worse from the inside. And his own people want to rebel and they almost have enough people to do so. So he um, understands the situation is absolutely critical. So he's going to a Davin and he's asking Yeshayo for help as well. Ula Yishma Hashem Lakecha Eis Kal Divrei Rav Shakeh Sheshlochem Alchasher Adam Lachayv Elo Kim Chai Vachiyach B'Dvarim Asher Shama Hashem Lakecha Menasas Latfila Ba'ad Asheres Hanimitzah. So he's using Yishma Hashem Lakecha's Divrei Rav Shakeh. Doesn't mean he's worried Hashem is going to listen to Rav Shakeh. It means he's hoping Hashem will hear. Was Hashem heard? He's hoping Hashem will hear and take into account the pitiful state of the people, but more so, and this schuss often uh, helps save Klai Yisrael, often this is the only schuss to help save Klai Yisrael, and that is the Chil Hashem. So he says as part of his tefillah, his tefillah and his request of Yeshayo to put it in his tefillah, is that Hashem should focus on the fact that his name is being ruined, and it's a Chil Hashem, and he's Mavarach Hashem, and HaKosh Baruch Hu, even if we're not worthy, HaKosh Baruch Hu should save us Laman Kiddush Shem Shemayim. Which at the end of the day is one of the primary reasons we're still here. Even if Klai Yisrael didn't deserve to be saved, we're still here because it's Achil Hashem and Klai Yisrael is in Gullus. That's our fault. And it's Achil Hashem and Klai Yisrael gets killed and is tortured and is ashamed. And that's our fault as well. HaKosh Baruch Hu will never let it get to a point where there's nothing left. And when it's a direct affront to HaKosh Baruch Hu's name here, Rav Shakeh made this a very religious issue. He said, your king's lying to you, and he keeps promising Hashem's going to save you, and all the other gods saved me, and Hashem can't save you either. So Chizkiel is using that as a point to say, well, maybe that's a schus that we should be saved, because now you sort of, Hashem doesn't have to do anything, but you should maybe save us because your name is Rahmol uh, Islam being dragged through the mud. Yes, yes, and it's the only thing that worked. Was in a very bad state. And they really didn't have much of a schus at that point. And what is the uh, hallmark of Moshe Rabbeinu's Anivas and Godless is that there was an offer on the table right away to make Moshe Rabbeinu into Klai Yisrael. And it would have been a um, Shevet Levi and a wonderful uh, uh, super, super army of Evdi Hashem. It would have been Gavaldik. Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't here for that. He was here to save all the Benayav Mesek and Yaakov and all the 12 Shvatim. And he didn't argue that they deserved it and that they really didn't mean it and that they... We have all the Pshatim and They wanted a conduit and they didn't mean Avodazar. It was Avodazar. At the end of the day, whatever the Cheshbenes were, and Meshavet didn't really have a Pesachim Peh. His Pesachim Peh was going to be a Chil Hashem. And uh, the Mitzvim said they're all going to die in the Midbird and there's going to be Dom and they saw in the stars and uh, this is all just going to prove them right. And you can't do it. So can't is relative. Hashem can do whatever he wants, but you shouldn't do it. Laman, chil shamayim, and that's the same argument over here. 
This argument is always in the background. It's in Ashman Esrei. It's in our, all our tefillas of the Laman avoiding the Chil Hashem and the positive Kiddush Hashem. It's only used at a few very critical turning points in history. And your, uh, your analogy, this, this is the beginning of Klai Yisrael. And there's nothing, I mean, just picture the scene. We, we'd like to think, um, no problem, there's Klai Yisrael, we got them living in New York. And they're in New Jersey, and they're in Canada, and they're in England, and uh, even if Sakana is Klai all over the place, that's the way it is now. Here, this was it. They might not be coming back, they're assimilating quickly, and the whole district of Yehud Benyamin was down to Yushalayim. He had conquered all the villages already. Talking about a very small area, not a whole lot of people, a Melech who is holding on to his throne by a hair. Um, an army of 185,000 troops, and that's the troops we know of. We put the Chazals together, each troop had thousands under him with uh, millions of people. It doesn't get much worse than this. It doesn't get much closer either. So that's why I think Chizkiel is using this. This is an argument you can always use, and we do, sort of. We, we'd like to uh, push this through based on this chus and understand that uh, our chusim aren't going to do it, but it's not spelled out as clearly very often because it's often not as close. So that's why I think it's important to understand over here. It's going to work. And uh, the second piece of good news is it's not only this. Over here, Chizkiyo did build up a nice amount of chusim in his mysterious nefesh and the learning and the like. Pasuk. The Nevoah, Baruch Hashem, was ready and waiting. He had already received it. Do not pay attention to the Chirif and Giduf and blasphemous statements of Rav Shake and Sancheirif. Now, the answer over here in Pasuk Zion is only understood based on the context of what we said over in Pasuk Gimel. The immediate request of Chizkiyo, the general request is to be saved. The immediate request is, if we're not zeichet to be saved yet, we need, uh, so to speak, a shot in the arm. We need some chizik, some sign, that eventually we'll be saved. And if we don't have enough learning yet done, or we don't have enough davening yet, and we don't have enough tefillahs, enough tshuva, but we're getting there... We just need a little chizik, because otherwise we're not going to get there. Very unique. Most people would just say, help save us. He didn't do that. He broke this into two. He said, ask Yeshayo for an avu of chizuk. I'd also like to know if we're going to be saved, but right now I can't even see till tomorrow. So we just need some chizik now. And the first avu, he put Pasuk Zayim, Pasuk Gimel, both things are wrapped up in one. He said, right now he's going to leave. He's going to hear a rumor that he's being attacked from the rear. He's got to go fight another battle. He's going to take all his troops. He's going to leave, which strategically doesn't make any sense. He's in the middle of a siege. He takes, he's going to take everybody and they're all going to be gone tomorrow. But they're coming back. Why are they leaving? They're leaving because Hashem causes them to leave. Why did Hashem cause them to leave? The answer is the first request was, we need some chizik. So you want to see a nace. From today to tomorrow, they're all going to leave. No. So if Hashem's making an ace, why just have him leave? Goodbye, good riddance. But I'm Amen. They're not ready for that yet. Probably because they're in the middle of generating schusim, but they're not there just yet. 
Chazal also put in, we'll see this soon in the Mepharshim, that uh, he's going to go fight a battle and win that battle also against huge armies, Kush and others, and he's going to have another $5 trillion of booty, and he's going to come back to Yishalayim. Then the army's going to fall with another $5 trillion, which is desperately needed to fuel the economy, which was in shambles as well. So here we have, this is very daunting because when you ask for chizik and you get a breath of fresh air, get a little wiggle room, as we say, and they all leave, so everybody's celebrating. Do you know how depressing it's going to be when all 185,000, 3 million, 10 million, everybody there were are going to come back? And as he leaves, he's going to say, uh, a message for your king, don't think I'm leaving you alone. I'm just going to fight another battle, temporary pause in the action. I'll be right back, and you guys are in big trouble. And he's going to come back. So you can imagine, look out that window after the party, which I'm sure Chizkiyot didn't throw because he understood what was going on. But the Hamanam is, oh, Baruch Hashem. Yeah, it's a good thing. Finally, we entered this man. It's man as manam now. We don't have to learn so much. He left already. <coughs> Very apropos. So he's gone. And then he comes back like a bad penny. So Chizkiyot is not going to get depressed because he understood. His question was very pinpointed. Is Can we have a reprieve just as a Chizkiyot? I'll continue doing tshuva. I just I have to show the people we're getting somewhere. So Hashem is masking even to that relatively small request, one of the big requests of the fact that we've got to be saved in the totality of the picture. And then they're going to come back and even Chizkiyot didn't know fully why it was done this way. I'm offering two explanations, both in 2020 hindsight. So we have the knowledge. They came with a lot more money. That's going to help turn things around. And we have to rebuild the countryside, not just Yishalayim, after they all die. And that needs a lot of money. And the fact that they only left to show that Hashem could change the matzah from one minute to the next, which is the cornerstone of our amuna. And B'tachan is Hashem can do whatever he wants. We just have to hang on. And the fact that I'm adding this, that it was probably a test for some of the ones straddling the fence. Are you going to celebrate and then get depressed again and give up when he comes back? Or are you going to follow what Akash Baruch was doing and believe there's a plot over here? And that's an important thing for us to keep in mind. There are many people who get chizik and things seem to be going in the right direction. All of a sudden, like the next week, everything falls apart again. So you say, well, I don't know, I davened. And then Hashem seemed to answer my tefillah, but now it's worse. So some people say in their uh, foolishness, well, Hashem uh, shouldn't have given me uh, a bone. Uh, it got a little better, now it got worse. It would have been better, not gotten better. I'm sure there were people who talked like that when they turned around and came back. Victorious. With, with more strength, higher spirits. They just want a battle. Can you imagine how they came back? So that could be tricky. You say, well, I thought Hashem answered me. Well, then, so... Our job is not to figure out when Hashem answers us and what the answer is. It's just to keep going day to day and seeing it through day to day. And that's uh, difficult for people. The good news is you only have to do it for about 120 years, 140 years, 160 years, however long it is. The sands of time, that's not that much. But hanging on means hanging on not only until things get a little better. It's hanging on when things get a little better, then they might get a little worse. And it can go up and down and up and down. Such is uh, life. So the Navi tells the Melech, he's going to leave. There's your chizuk. And then the Pasuk puts it together. If you don't know the end of the story, it sounds confusing, but Rashi fills you in. Take a look at Rashi. Uh, first look at uh, Banim, back in Pasuk Gimel. 
Bottom is Yisrael's Klaisal Ad Mashber Ad Sarah Daim Elisha Yeshevis Al Mashber Ve'ein Bakayach Leiled. Like a lady is about to give birth, she's almost there. She knows it involves pain, and she wants to go through it to have the baby. It's worth it, but she can't push anymore. She's so exhausted. Mashber Shem Moshev Yishikaraz Leiled. That's the birthing stool. So that was the request. Now jump to Rashi and Zion. Shama Shmuel Ve'Yalem Elechem Shav Laritza. So Rashi says the Pusik puts both parts together. He's going to leave to fight the other battle and then come back, but ultimately he will leave alone to his city with tremendous busyness of the Paltiv Shambacherb, and he's going to be killed there. I told you the Medrash last week by his children who overhear that he's plotting to bring them as a sacrifice in Moloch, so they get rid of him first. Maya Shmuav Yishma Tahakim. You see, soon he hears that he's being attacked from the rear. Shama Vayatsa, Aki Lachamima, Va'Olam Al Yishalayim, Va'Halach Lakush. He goes to fight the Makush Nocham, Da'Ake Put Umitzrayim Sheima, and he fights two large armies. Natzcham Vanato Chemdas Atzrayim. He's going to win that battle. Come back with all their money. Both Yishalayim Vanafal Sham. So Rashi says the pasuk over here says it almost in shorthand. He's going to eventually leave in Byzantus and go back home and get killed. Right now he's leaving to fight a battle which he will win handily, come back in high spirits with a lot more money and then full. Let's go back to the Pasuk. Pasuk Ches. V'yashav avshak avimsa es melech asher nocham alivna kishama kinasa melachish. He's already on the move. V'yishma atahaka melakush leymar hinei yatsu lelachan itach. V'yashav yishlach melacham achizkiyel leymar. And before he leaves, he sends a very sharp message. Which we said in the name of the king before, Rav Shokez Drasha. Now he's sending it again. This is already a little bit uncomfortable for some chayr because he's threatening, threatening, laying siege and saying he's not leaving till they all starve to death, Rahmad Laslan, and now he's leaving. He sends a message, I'm leaving, but I'll be right back. Don't think you're going to be saved. I think Sanchev already had a premonition this wasn't very good for the overall war effort, which it wasn't, Baruch Hashem. But uh, he's not deterred yet. He says, what are you, joking? You think that you're going to be saved? Didn't you hear? I'm reminding you again that I destroyed everybody and never lost the battle. He likes, um, seems to be a little full of himself, he likes to list uh, his uh, conquests and the uh, gods that he already beat. It's very easy to list gods when it's a uh, roster of uh, non-entities. Now, Chizkiyo, worst thing you could do is let down your guard. Here he leaves. He said it's Vila, and it worked pretty quickly. So you could think, okay, as we said, this man is manim, but of the Davin is hard. Chizkiyo hears the drush again, and he knows Sancheir is serious, and he plans on coming back. Remember, Rav Shalke said the drusha. They came back and told Chizkiyo Melch the Joshua about Peh, and Rav Shake gave them a written version of the Joshua. Probably written beforehand. Probably reading it. Chizkiyo takes the written document and he goes to the base of Mikdash, and
and he spreads it out. It was a scroll. So he spreads it out, Lefnei Hashem. Why? Same concept. He wants to press the Chil Hashem aspect of it. So first in his tefillah, he says, Hashem, look what they did, and look what they're saying about you, and he asks Yishayo to say the same. And then he puts the written document of the Chir Vigidduv, it's a you would think you can't bring this thing into the base of Midrash, you should destroy it right away. He feels it's their kayach to show, Hashem sees it anyway, the Chil Hashem is going on, and he lays it out. And then he's going to say his tefillah, which Amit Hashem we're going to get to uh, probably after Pesach. Um, unless, I don't know, is the Elam going to be here next week? You're cleaning cars at 8 in the morning. What? I don't want to cancel a shit needlessly. Is everything going to be here? That means you got to be here. You'll be here? Okay, you know what? you got to learn Arab Pesach also. <laughs> so, uh, as a matter of fact, if you're cleaning your cars, that might be the only learning you're doing in the morning. Uh, so, okay, so Mitzvah Shem, uh, uh, you'll send out an email telling people we will have Shear and we will, uh, I don't want you to go into Pesach, especially Pesach, by the way, without, I'd like to be able to get to the downfall because you're going to talk about a little say, I don't know, okay, we'll see. But it's certainly apropos, we're up to this era of Pesach. Nothing's a coincidence. And we'll pick up on the Tefillah next week. Let's go to the Pelayites. We have a few minutes. We're on page Kuf, Lamed Vav. Speaking of going places. So the discussion over here is where to go, where not to go, and how to daven for Ziyad Shemaya when you have to go somewhere. Best place, he said, uh, last, yesterday on Shabbos, uh, he said, that if you're ever Mesupik, um, which he will spell out later in detail, uh, when in doubt, stay in the base Medrash. One of our fine Bachram, who are now all home for Benaz Madam, so <coughs> Pesach is a very inspiring time for me because it's always nice to know that the reason you don't have time to inhale or exhale too much is because not only is it ever Pesach, uh, for you and for everybody else, for all the Bochum are here, and they have a whole month worth of Shailas, which is always good. Uh, so, uh, one of them was uh, asking me about the Gedarm of Zerizim, Magdim, and Lemitzvahs. So, I said, like, give me an example, what's, uh, what's on your mind? So, he said, well, I'm in the Sugi, and it seems to be, like, whenever you have a mitzvah in front of you, you have to daven. So, the davening, we have a lot of minyanim in the shul, Baruch Hashem. So, the davening Meir, they have another Meir after that, another Meir after that, another Meir when should I dive Meir? I have to dive Meir right away. Shachar is like, well, how do you apply Ziz and Magdimim? So, okay, if you're diving the early Meir combo minion, which we have, okay, I try to get you over, at least over Shkia, a few minutes into Badish Moshes when I'm here. So if you have to go, that's a, that's a Meir. And you say Kriya Shmo over again. If you can dive Meir Bizman with the Brachas, certainly better. Then we have an 8.15 and a 9.45. I said, what are you doing that the Shaila comes up? He said, well, if I'm in the base meditation, I'm learning. Do I have to stop from Meirv? So the answer is no. I said, General Klal, Yitzhahara, whenever you're learning, has five million things for you to do. Whatever he can get you to do, whatever mitzvah you can do, just close the Gemara. As the Chavaz Chaim was wont to say, he says, the Yitzhahara will be willing to let you say Tehillim all day, which is a wonderful thing, as long as you're not learning. The worst thing for the Yitzhahara is learning. So I said, Ziz Magdim and Lemitzvah never means you have to close your Gemara unless you're going to miss Zmantila or Tila Betzibur. Then it's a Mitzvah Shavagufa. But in general, if you're in the Beth Medjish and there's no chance you're going to miss Meirv and you're in the middle of learning and you have no reason to stop, then when in doubt, continue learning. A general rule in life that if you always use, uh, you will never be losing out. 
even though Yetzirah will convince you you missed that, that, this, that, and the other thing. So the Pelier is going to spell that out very clearly. In the first paragraph, which we covered already, he said the best place to be stuck, quote-unquote, imprisoned is the best medrash. The take care for next paragraph. If you're going to be with other people out of the Beis Medrash, Shalom and Aslasik Batera, Hare Raglov, Linuchustayim Hukshu. This is a phrase borrowed from Novi, borrowed from the Sugan Sanhedrin, by Avner, if you remember. Already your feet are in shackles, which means you've got to be very careful. You're already in trouble. Doesn't mean you had no head to do it. Sometimes you have to leave and you have things to do. But you should understand that the Yitzhar already has you in a matzah where you can make mistakes. Yitzhar paras reshes laraglov. You already have a net around you. And besides the chains on your feet and the net around you, chazarasa, in back of you, kupashal shrotzim. He's very graphic here on the dangers of leaving the base medrash and what you have to accomplish when you're there, you're only going to accomplish it if you know the dangers that lurk. So you have Kitrugim and you have all sorts of people who want to get involved in conversations you shouldn't be listening to or participating in. And with his sharp nails and his shivim panim. Shivim panim is to show you how what you're doing is a mitzvah rabba. Latara Sasheritz, and he'll give you 70 svaras how you can be Matara Sheritz. I'm a lot of Marbias, you gotta be Marav with people, which is true, but Shaila is when and where and how. You gotta make peace, and you gotta be friendly, which is all true. The question is the context. And you'll go out, you'll find out what needs Tikkun, Vigdar Gadarm, Lafame, Mitacha Dvarm, Nimsa Dabatayv, Shidabadiv, Musav Yir Sasham, Hashe Eschavero. So the Eitzahara, sometimes this is the Eitzahayv, that's what's tricky. Eitzahara tells you there's so many things to do, and so many things to be in Masakin, and so many things you can accomplish. Whatever it is, first close the Gemara, and then we'll discuss it. That's the tactic of the Eitzahara. First close the Sefer, and then we'll talk. That's not, when you negotiate, negotiate at your negotiating table, not his. So, there are many reasons why not only a term to leave, sometimes you have to go do whatever you're doing, and it's a mitzvah rabbah. The reason the Peliyad is being so graphic with the uh, 70 punim to Matara, the Sheretz, and all the other tactics, the Yitzhahara, is the Yitzhahara, if you're from, and if you're a Benter, and if you're involved in your learning, he knows that the only way he can even begin negotiating is he's got to get you out of the base measures, and you've got to close the safer. Then he's going to think of 5,000 reasons why you've got to stay somewhere else and you've got to do something else and you've got to talk to these people and get involved. So you've got to know your enemy. Any good general wants the enemy in his territory. That's the first, first thing you do is you get him out of his safety zone. And that's the description of the first paragraph. And the Pelvietes is going to want to say that the person who has Yerushalayim knows that uh, you should uh, discuss it with him on your turf and at your timetable and in your zone. And we'll see how to do that, Amir Sashem, over the coming weeks.